0: Aloha, I'm Marcia Sortino. Welcome to Pay Radio, talk radio worth listening to. To all our regular listeners, thank you for coming back. To all our new listeners, congratulations. You just discovered one of the most powerful talk radio shows there is. As we get ready for this class, I suggest you find something to take notes with. Every show is packed with all sorts of inspiring, insightful ideas, ahas, and breakthroughs. While you find some paper and a pen, I wonder, how many people do you know are paid to learn, then paid to teach what they learn? I'll put that another way. I'm both a student and a teacher of Pay Me What I'm Worth. By the time I complete my class as a student, the money I'm paid to teach pay me what I'm worth will cover what I paid Seoul University, and then some. At the end of our class, I'll tell you how to become a paid student and teacher for this life-changing journey. It's time to meet my class. We decided to be collectively known
1: as Team Seekers. Here they are. Kyle Davis, Lewiston, Maine. Howdy, y'all. This is terrific Tanya Heathco from the beautiful state of Tennessee, wishing you better brain health.
2: Hey, everybody. Green Maze, and I am from Latrobe, Pennsylvania. This is David H. Paul from St. Cloud, Minnesota.
3: Hello, Chris Peters, and I'm from Brandon, Manitoba, Canada.
2: Rick and I live in Hawaii. Aloha.
1: Aloha. This is Cheryl from Hawaii. Hello everybody, this is Agnes Talley in Feltville, North Carolina. We're the home of the dogwood tree with its beautiful white flowers in the spring of the year.
4: And finally, aloha, Soul here, author of Pay Me What I'm Worth and Marcia's co-pilot on this journey. I hope we've given you enough time to grab a pad of paper and a pen to take notes. Our class starts now. Chapters 1 through 4. I invited you to do some serious personal excavation work, yeah?
3: Yes, you did.
4: Oh, yeah.
3: Yep. (laughs) Lots.
4: What has that done when it comes to helping you receive more? Who wants to reflect on that?
3: When I look around and see all the wonderful things I have and the people that I've met, it makes me realize that I'm a really good person after all, even though. I did make a lot of mistakes in my life. I do know that I deserve to be happy. All of these chapters have really helped me to see a clearer vision of where I want to go and the person I have to become in order to be recognized as what I'm working to emit.
4: If I'm hearing you correctly, Chris, you're receiving more permission to love yourself. Yes.
3: Yes. Yes. And I think that's been the biggest lesson I've learned so far is that it is okay and that I'm a new person now or I am now giving to others what I wanted to give in the first place. Sweet. Yes, thank you.
4: Who else has noticed that by becoming more awake and aware of who you are, by becoming more alert to what you have, who you have, How you're using it are you're using it over a period of time what are you noticing that you're receiving more with less effort
2: I noticed that as I elevate my consciousness I start to manifest things that I don't really have to fight for so much I really wanted people to help me with different things in the entrepreneur power hour I generally Am able to find those people, or if I need help, generally a friend will come out of nowhere and help me with something. I think it's because I've raised my vibration. I'm not in that vibration of fear anymore that, oh, the abundance doesn't exist, or, oh, I'm going to get stuck in a situation, and never figure out how to get out of it.
4: Nice. So you're releasing fear so that you can receive more what the universe wants you to receive. To me, fear is like this massive, static, (sighs) noisy, blocky thing that's constantly bouncing away things that I really do want, but I'm afraid to have them. (laughs) Cool. I'm bringing this up because we're shifting now from the focus of ourselves, specifically. We're beginning to turn the lens a little wider, the old cameras, the f-stop, opening up the f-stop a little bit wider. I always use the vision of the journey of Pay Me What I'm Worth very much like an hourglass design. The top half of the glass is the first five chapters. The bottom half of the hourglass is the last five chapters. So if you were to divide each one of those sections into five sections, we're in the final section of the top half now. We're beginning to get ready to learn how to give with more ease and grace. And to do that, it's time to buff up our awareness of relationships. I'd like you to grab your books and turn to page 82. Page 82. There are four paragraphs there. Rescan those paragraphs. And I'd like your feedback with what's popping out for you in one of those paragraphs. It sets the stage for Chapter 5. It sets the stage for more global awareness of things. It sets the stage for how important you are to this world, how important every single person on this planet is to this world.
5: My journey started off with that, feeling hopeless for such a long time. As soon as I started feeling my worst, through the first four chapters, and I realized that my worth isn't dependent on anything but what's inside of me. That hope just brimmed right back. It just was there, and I knew that if this could happen for me, where I could change what I was feeling inside about myself, I know that I can help somebody else the same way. Because we all know where I started. (laughs)
4: Yeah, it's true. It's true. Lack of hope eventually dissolves cities, nations, and dreams. Yeah. So that one rang a bell
6: for me. But the paragraph right under that, especially those next couple of sentences where it says, such is the power of hope. If others see you being paid what you're worth, it might give them hope that one day They'll be valued also. It took me a moment to just kind of reflect, and I noticed a shift here because first of the year, I launched a whole new class inside of an SDF. It's called Advocacy Bootcamp. It's a whole lot more about inside. It's a whole lot more PME1 and worth than anything else, interestingly enough. but it's my own personal journey as well. It was interesting to see that when Tanya and I made an effort to kind of reach out to people and, and start talking about dissolving doubt, guilt, shame, and worry, and we started talking about pay me what I'm worth way back mid July, maybe August, a lot of our community were just, it was like it launched over their heads. They didn't quite get it. And isn't it interesting that in November and then in the December, when we were ramping up, building this course, talking about it, getting the energy going, that when I talked about it, other people were going, oh, yeah, they understood. It was like, oh, I want that. That makes sense to me. Oftentimes I'll say, I get to do what I love, love what I do, and I get paid for it. When I would say that, I would see these eyes brighten in the crowd. Where prior, back in July, August, those eyes weren't widening. They weren't glimmering. And it was because there was this peace there when I started believing more in myself. And then I conveyed the same message. All of a sudden, that message was received because it was lined up. I was in alignment with myself so others could receive as well. Yum!
1: <laughs> wow. Funny
6: how that works. Wow. <laughs> That's a wow. hell of a realization. Can I get that written down quick? It's some, oh, we have a recording. Good.
1: As I'm reading this page, the reflection of today in my personal experience comes up. When I woke up this morning, I was feeling hopeless and worthless. I kind of gave in to that hopelessness and worthlessness, and I planned out my day. Okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to stay in bed and vegetate in front of the television. And I'm going to let everyone know that this is something that I have to do. I just felt that need to do it. And then I recognized the feeling of hopelessness and worthlessness. And I made the decision that that wasn't truly me. I am not worthless. I am not hopeless. I have hope and I have worth. And I made that declaration, and then I turned it into a fun, experience of exploring. Well, let's see what happens if I don't sit in front of the TV and vegetate today. But let's see what happens if I don't go back to bed. And then let's see what happens when I get on the phone with this person and that person. Let's see what happens when I live up to showing up to this program and that program. Let's see what happens. And then I noticed as I reflect back over the day That feeling of worthlessness and hopelessness, when I was in that feeling, it brought with it a lot of physical pain. A lot of physical pain and nausea and all that ickiness. But as the day went on and my hope built and my feeling of worth built, the pain is gone. I feel strong. The physical effects have disappeared. So, wow, I think that's very, very powerful. I didn't connect the two until just reading this.
4: Wow. Absolutely yummy, yummy wow. example. During months where daylight oftentimes is overcast, it's gray days. During times where the feeling of slumber, nature wants to rest during those months. Have you noticed how that impacts our own ability to navigate feelings and needs and wants?
1: Yeah.
2: I've actually always noticed that the weather, especially when it's gloomier, when it's colder, it definitely affects everyone's attitude around me and even my own. I'm always happier when it's a sunny day.
4: So here's a little tip for y'all. This journey you're on, have you noticed? It's helping you awaken that sun inside you that never sets.
2: That's right. Then we don't have to be controlled by external. We can choose to be happy. We don't have to be controlled by the weather or any crap like that.
4: (laughs) By the weather, by the various chaos things that want to get churned up through either media or people or dramas and traumas, that sun can shine brightly, can't it? Without any interference from anybody else. Yes. I don't know about you, but there have been times in my life where I, like Tonya, I've woken up and I have sensed a very low energy. And I'm thinking, okay, what's up with that? Why am I allowing myself to have this illusion that an abundant being that is being given the gift of life in this dimension, that has more power than can possibly even imagine consciously at this point in time, how is it I'm choosing to allow the illusion that I'm worthless? What's up with that choice? What's up with that? And I let it go because my analyzer wants to kick in. Well, here's why, you idiot. Hey, let me tell you why. Here. Well, I don't give my analyzer the chance. I give my explorer the permission to go out. and Can you give me a satisfying answer to that? And my explorer generally says, Nope, can't. Sorry, that's an illusion.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: On the next page, 83, I offer this notion for you to consider. As we live happy, healthy, honest lives, we make a difference. My smile, my hug, my kind words, my financial support, my social support, all nourish other people's lives, much like eating a steamy bowl of soup on a chilly day. I invite all of you now, as we step into Chapter 5, Never underestimate the power of comfort to change our lives. And whatever you need for comfort is a teacher. Anybody want to speculate on how I come to say anything that I need for comfort is a teacher? Anybody want to throw a dart at the dartboard and speculate as to why I say that?
6: Oh, I've got it. I'll
4: throw a dart at that. I would say
2: that comfort, especially when you find inner peace within yourself, teaches you is the way to find the best way to stop your ego, your analyzer from ruining your day. So whatever is helping you, teaching you, guiding you to shut that analyzer up and find inner peace is what you need to mentor you. That's my take.
4: Beautiful.
6: I got it. I got another step to that. (laughs) My comfort, because everything and everyone and all of this stuff that we call our time-space continuum, our reality, is connected. The better, the more comforted, the more at peace I feel, just that alone is the most valuable gift I have. And is given automatically simply because that vibration went out and it wrapped around the world and went right through the center of the earth without
4: me doing anything. Hmm, good visualization there. That's another good facet to this. There's another facet to this that I'm hoping will bubble up. Other facets.
5: All I know is my state of being is really important to me. When it comes to things that make me feel comfort, I know that that's something that I can also offer to somebody else in return for having that peace. Peace be with you. I can make my decisions and start my day off without all the turmoil when I start my day off the way I'm comfortable starting it off. (laughs) And I'm going to tell you, there is a cup of coffee in my hand. (laughs) 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 That I have not given up. And I do, I do some meditation. And I have to do that for myself. I have to stay connected to my divine source. I have to start it off that way. Or else I notice that there is chaos that can come in because I haven't started off my day the right way.
4: Which alludes to the quote that started this chapter, page 81. I'd like to read that quote.
5: When you are kind to someone, you hope they'll remember and be kind to someone else, and it will become a wildfire. Whoopi Goldberg, American film actor, comedian, and singer.
4: Any particular speculations? On, of all the quotes I could have used to start out this chapter, how worth grows. Any speculation why well, I picked that quote?
5: I have to start with being kind to myself first.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: And then I can pass that kindness on to someone else. Because if Thanks, Marsha. I have filled my being with
3: kindness to myself. She took, she took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> I was going to say the same thing, actually. I find that I want to share, pay me what I'm worth with as many people as I can because I think everybody needs to take this journey if consciousness as a whole is going to change for the better. And if humanity is going to change for the better, then people need to know how worth grows, how self-esteem grows, how confidence grows, how love grows, how compassion grows. You have to start somewhere. You have to start with somebody. Why not it be us? I look at it like... I went through all the stuff I went through to get to this point where I can finally start to retrain myself to be in that vibration instead of in a vibration where I was quite a negative person. I've noticed that I want to do as much as I can to become a positive, productive human being. And now I'm noticing that I can't be around people who don't have ambition. It really bothers me and I don't like being around people that seem to be stuck it actually drains my mood a little bit when I'm around people like that. And I wonder, why are they choosing that experience? It's because they're not aware that they can be worth more.
4: Which brings up a wonderful way to segue into what we're talking about. Think about this. Folks, this is really not rocket science by any stretch of the imagination. When it comes to relationships, our worth, Diminishes or grows based on our self sense of a relationship with ourselves. First, true or false? True. Very true. So, if my relationship with me sucks, if my relationship with me is wah 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 wah, what type of people am I going to magnetize to me?
3: Wah 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 wah. wah, wah. <laughs>
4: Ducks, man. Ducks. They say misery loves company. We've heard that before, right?
3: Of course it does.
6: Yeah. Beings love company. You get to choose what your being is.
3: Yeah.
4: So as I get into an awareness that relationships first start with myself, and then I have to recognize, hmm, I might have some cleaning up to do with my existing relationships. The last four chapters, I've prepared you by helping you do some serious spring cleaning with the relationship with yourself. True or false? True. 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 All right. I don't know how you all feel, but when I take a day or two and I scrub the heck out of everything and I got everything organized and everything's been cleaned up and crap has been cleared out and donated and thrown out and I sit in that space and go, wow, it feels better.
3: Has <laughs> yep. anybody else experience that? Oh, yeah. And looking at stuff, I'm like, man, you know, I can sell some of this. I don't need all this, or I can give this to somebody who will use it. <laughs> and my closet, my room literally looks like a bomb went off in it right now. And I'm like, my God, I'm glad I'm not on the webcam right now doing the show. Oh. <laughs> Because I'm learning how to give and I'm in that vibration, I'm like, man, I can just give this away or sell it for cheap. It's definitely been amazing to look around me and go, despite everything, I have a lot to be grateful for. I have all the strength that I've learned, all the confidence that I've learned, and I have you guys to be grateful for. I have my mom to be grateful for. I have a roof over man. I have a bed. I have food. I have a job. I have a car. I have money in the bank. I have a fridge in my room full of beer. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> that's
4: the most important part right there. Right beer. there.
3: Right there. <laughs> but, yeah, but I mean and I have a wonderful business partner and best friend named Kareem Mays who believes in my vision and I have people on Team Seekers who come on the show when they can and believe in our vision and that's man, I must be doing something right. I must be doing something right. So that gives me a lot of respect and love for myself to know that I'm going to make it.
4: So are you beginning to, all of you beginning to see how I've set this little domino game up? (laughs) It's It's really cool. Once the
6: momentum starts, you got to do something pretty serious to get it to stop. You got to pull a series of blocks out of there. It's really fun
4: once it gets going. It's a good ride. Yeah. Marsha, is it safe yes. to say, Marsha, that the spin, the momentum, is it safe to say you ain't seen nothing yet? <laughs> <laughs>
1: <So wild. laughs> yes, it is. It
5: absolutely is. I mean, there's. So much more that I never knew about before. I never understood it. It was never discussed in any other program that I have been in, and mm-hmm. yes, I was completely amazed at what wait till the next chapters come up, guys. you think this is? <laughs> you think you know it, huh? <laughs> but yes, I was completely amazed in furthering this discussion right now. It takes me back to the question that we were asked in the first couple of chapters. I can't exactly remember which one, but you had asked, so if you were to lose everything, could you stand on your own and still feel your worth? And I think that right there, for me, is the most significant question that there is. Could I stand here if I lost everything, my house, my everything, and it was just me. The roof was not there. It was just me. Could I stand strong and still feel my worth? I can say yes right now to that because I know that I have all the tools inside of me to change things for myself no matter what happens.
4: Piggybacking on what you just said, Marsha, I want to tap into Tonya and David's expertise with
3: what you're (laughs) experiencing,
4: especially you, Tonya. I'm only speculating. I'm just simply pulling something out of the air because, to my knowledge, I don't know that I personally have ever experienced a full-on seizure. I'm speculating that if I were to experience a full-on seizure, there would be something of a control-alt-delete. It would be very easy for me to think, God, I'm completely worthless. I can't even control my own body.
1: Yes. Yes, it would be very easy, especially if it was your first seizure experience. And then that feeling is driven home even stronger when you begin to experience more seizures and the reality really hits you that, hey. There may not be an end to this. I might have to live the rest of my life like this. The unworthiness grows and grows and grows.
4: So piggybacking on Marsha's observation, have you found, Tonya, that the journey that you're taking so far, you're beginning to learn how you can restart but not necessarily lose what you had?
1: Yes. Yes. Yes.
4: Folks, one of the things that this book is going to help you realize is no matter what gets thrown at me, I'm at a space in my life that just, I have been homeless. I have been without food for a significant amount of time. I have been without X, Y, Z. But I knew that that was transitional. I knew that just like a thunderstorm begins to build in the day and at some point, The rain clouds are going to burst open and it's going to get wicked for a little while and then the sun's going to come back out. That what was ever happening in my life that I didn't like, it too shall pass. My journey that I'm weaving in for you all to wake up to is whatever's happening that you don't like, it too shall pass. And it passes more quickly with healthier relationships. Yeah? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Who we yeah. surround ourselves
6: with, who we choose to hang out with the most often can
4: be a very powerful, powerful catalyst and an influence. So now that you <laughs> open that door, David H. Paul.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
4: oh, boy. Oh, boy. Here we go, guys.
3: Okay. I'm going to piggyback on that and say my uh, little romantic interlude I had over the holidays. When I chose to get rid of this person because of the things I observed, I felt empowered because I didn't feel I was going to be lonely for the rest of my life. There's going to be someone better. There is someone better. And years ago, that never would have happened. I would have done everything to try and make it work, even though the sky might as well have been raining blood that day, and there was red everywhere. Now I'm just like, no, no. I am not dealing with this. And that's because I've increased my self-worth by awareness and learning that there's a woman out there who I'm not even going to have to ask questions about anything. And we're just going to get along splendidly, have our debates, but there's going to be no red flags flying within a week of meeting the person. Nobody's screwing with me and -uh. Nuh-uh.
1: Not this journey
3: I'm on. No. Forget it. I've worked so hard to get this far. And you can ask Marsha. She knows. I've worked so hard to change things about myself that other people may perceive to be bad or negative. No. Nobody's screwing this up for me. Uh-uh. (laughs)
4: Woohoo, Chris, that is awesome. And I'm noticing that Mr. Carl Davis is being observationist. Mr. Carl, what are you absorbing from tonight's discussion? Oh, I need to get over myself.
2: (laughs) 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 Truthfully, I pulled this out of the book there. The trick is to discover if you choose to help someone, do they want your help? Do they need your help? Or are you empowering them to do something that they shouldn't be doing and that pulled a little segment out of my mind am I doing the same thing when I hold back and don't go on places that people want me there am I holding back what I should be letting go of
4: and just get there it's just on not- the count of I'm dream a- team seekers I want to hear a resounding yes one two a three
6: yes
1: yes
4: So, being that said, that means I need to get over my
2: self-ego
4: issues. On the count of three. One, two, three.
2: Yes! When you're having a rough situation, which I've had, and I can equate this to working out, the best way to get over a temporary bad situation is realize it's temporary. When I'm working out, it feels very uncomfortable, especially doing stuff that I am not used to doing. But I have to acknowledge it's temporary. It might be a few seconds. It might be a week. It might be a month. But I know it's going to pass. Knowing that it's going to pass and something better is going to come along is probably one of the most effective tools I've used to surmount just about anything.
4: Awesome. All right, we've done the heavy lifting. Chapter four was the most extensive chapter that you will experience. The rest of the chapters are going to feel like trips to the dessert table. Marcia, is that a more (laughs) accurate statement?
5: Yes, absolutely.
4: I liken the first four chapters to preparing to move, moving, schlepping everything into the new place, and getting it all unpacked. You're there. (laughs) Now it's just a matter of putting up the art and changing the tchotchkes. So in exercise 16, you're going to finally finish what you started in chapter 1. As you sort, update, and get into a sense of mastery, especially around your physical world. So as you dive into this next segment in exercise 16, I need to do a reality check with you all. How's your analyzer doing these days?
3: Oh, you know what? I proved to myself that the analyzer was not going to win. <laughs> That's like, nope. I'm not even going to think twice about this. So I am learning to put my analyzer to bed. That's Thank you. The sound of Woo! clapping. I'm bowing. I'm bowing. Thank you. And it's all because of being around the right people. Being around people like you guys who are like, Chris, you know, you don't have to put up with that shit. More
4: blogging on that, Chris. Get out to that back office, do some more blogs so that we can interact on all this. I want to check in with Cheryl because Cheryl, every now and then I kind of chuckle. It's kind of like this, I see this troll coming out from underneath the bridge known (laughs) as the Explorer in Cheryl's Life. I think, Cheryl, am I accurate in saying you're getting your broom out and smacking it more often?
1: (laughs) Yeah, you could say that. A lot more often than I used to, that's for sure. I don't let people run over me, and I do tell them now, if there's a problem, I'll voice it. I'm not going to just let it smolder. I'll just voice it. There's no use in just standing there and letting people run over you, but I've always been that way, but it took a lot more to get me to that stage, and now I'll stand up for myself a lot sooner.
2: You know what? That's what I've (laughs) been doing since I've been in this program. It's growing a backbone. I was a spineless
1: jellyfish.
4: It was (laughs) terrible. (laughs) So the analyzer, are you all beginning to make peace with your analyzer? Are you allowing the conversations you need to have with your inner analyzer to say, I love you, I care for you, but your role in my life is being handed over to my explorer now.
6: Yes.
4: Oh, boy, yes. Oh, yes. It's key, because ladies and gentlemen, as you complete this next exercise, sort, update, and master, your analyzer is going to do its darndest to Just dive back in and come in full force. We'll talk about the results of Exercise 16 next week. The following week, the next one that your analyzer will get really jittery with is Exercise 17 on page 88, Ask First, Act Second. Ask First, Act Second. Who is finding that now, because of where you're at in this journey, you're giving yourself permission to ask more?
5: I do. (laughs) I ask what I need to ask. I'm comfortable with that, really.
4: Asking for help has got to be one of the scariest first steps you can take. True or false? True. Yeah. True. True. I learned that one of the reasons why I was so scared to ask for help is because then I'm asking for support, and if I toss out what I'm being given, meaning I'm not acting, what am I doing to myself, and what am I doing to the person that I'm asking for help?
5: Sabotaging yourself and wasting the time of the other person you're asking for help.
4: Who has a story of a time of a person that they love and care for and they've asked for your help over and over and over again and you've given it over and over and over again until finally you realize why am I on this treadmill? <laughs> I've been there. Anybody Um, got a story?
6: I don't think I have enough time to tell that story.
2: (laughs) I I have a very quick
4: one. All right, Kareem.
2: I used to have a friend in high school and throughout college that I used to tell him, because he would always complain about the adversity of smoking, the bad symptoms of smoking, having trouble with smoking. And he said, okay, can you help me out with this? And I'd try and help him countless times doing different things. In the end, though, he never really put any effort in giving up smoking or really taking care of his health, even though he talked about doing it all the time. And eventually I just stopped hanging out with him or listening to him, or not because I was mean, but because I can't help someone who won't help himself, at least a little bit. you got to try a
4: little bit. As I become more comfortable with recognizing I have to ask. Before I ask, I need to learn what it is that I'm asking for and am I ready to take on what I'm given. So as we get into that exercise, your analyzer is really going to have a heyday. I will just give you a heads up right now. Be very gentle with yourself with that exercise. That last week together, I asked you to complete... Exercises 18, 19, and 20, all in one week. That may sound upfront daunting. Exercises 18 and 19 are more like giving you a heads up. It's just reading it. It's planting seeds. It's giving you an awareness that okay, here are some tools. Like as if I went out to Home Depot and I bought a variety of tools to be used in an upcoming renovation project. Exercise 18 and 19 are helping you shop for some really good tools. In exercise 20, Worth Passport, page 5, I will once again give you a reminder that I know when I get a Worth Passport, somebody sends me a Word document with 10 pages and I read their Worth Passport and I think, hmm, this really feels uncomfortable because it Like, okay, they sat down at 2 o'clock on Saturday afternoon and banged this sucker out all 10 pages. I can tell that. I can tell that people who hand me a Worth Passport, they've done the Worth Passport at the end of each chapter. And that passport page has ripened with every passing chapter. Because I will read in their Worth Passport summaries how their initial one-page document has changed over their journey. So I'm just like giving that. you a heads up. Uh. Giving you a little heads up. <laughs>
3: Thank you. I like that. Yeah. Welcome, Chris.
4: You know, we
5: talked a lot about reflection and really staring at that timeline because when you think of your timeline, when I think of my timeline, I have... Seeing that explosion it was I saw myself for the first time you know how when you're standing in the picture there's so many blind things that you can't even see yourself but the minute you step out of the picture and you are the observer and that's what that timeline is we're the observer and we're observing ourselves to reflect on your whole life, I think will really help you to get into Chapter 5 because that's the ending of Chapter 4. Wow, we've finished our timeline. We can significantly see so much more about ourselves now that when we're diving into Chapter 5 to consider the relationship we have with ourselves now and relationships with others we're going to understand so much more. So reflection and then really use that timeline and get into Chapter 5 with it. That was significant for me.
3: Well
4: put.
5: How do you all feel? You want to do some uh-huh? aha?
3: Here's
5: my aha. Uh-huh. We are in 2016, folks.
3: Well, I this know. Is
5: a brand new year. Brutal. A brand new slate. We're about to learn how to give.
3: Yeah, so that's metal. there
5: will be many perspectives that we can take a look at, and I am so looking forward to Chapter 5 with you all. <laughs> I recognize I'm so aware of how I have to give to myself first. Whoa. I have to be kind to myself. I have to breathe in order to breathe out, in order to catch that breath. That's the same thing for all of us, I believe.
3: Oh, yeah. I would have to say that my biggest aha in this class is my ability to remove toxic people from my life and not worrying about the consequences. Because there really aren't any. All it is is it means a new chapter is opened.
5: And you're getting stronger. In the next chapter, we're all going to get stronger. We're really going to take a look at the relationship we have with ourselves.
3: That's going to be interesting for me. Big time.
5: Time to close this class. What did you get out of this
0: show? We truly want to know. Simply post in the comment box at the bottom of this page. After hearing so many people experience so many ahas, I wonder, are you ready to take this class yourself? We start new classes each time we have 12 or more people ready to go. You're listening to Marcia Sortino, Team Seekers Team Captain. Get in touch to learn how to become one of Pay Me What I More's paid instructors today. And remember, before you go, Think about who else would enjoy our classes. Post this show on your social networking sites to help more people enjoy some weekly wit and wisdom. Aloha.
2: Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com.
3: It's my little escape.
2: Now Judy's the life of the party.
3: Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon.
2: Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs>